Welcome back to Confessions of a Property Investor. I'm Catherine Andrews, Director of Investments. And I'm Michelle White, Director of Qualifications. Today, we're going to be discussing property cycles, what the fake media will not tell you. So I guess, Michelle, let's get straight down the line with this. Okay. We hear a lot about property bubbles, property cycles, and God bless every Australian that I guess, researches and tries to teach themselves about the investment sector of property. The only downfall, which is probably the biggest grey area in all of Australian media, is we only really get one view of property. And that is that you constantly see that this bubble and property is going to take a downturn and the cost of property is going to go down and you're going to lose money. And I have a friend of a friend who's done this before and they've lost money. Why don't we educate our potential investors on the realities of the property cycles? So in your experience, what do you think is a true indication of property cycle? I think the easiest way to knock it on the head is to understand property cycles do exist. Mm -hmm. They are normal. Mm -hmm. Why are we scared of them? The media portrays that if the properties or a certain area plateaus or takes a mini dip, which is always short-term and temporary, that it's a bad thing, that all of a sudden the world is ending, that this bubble is finally going to burst. How is that possible? Well, I think what it is, is short term. Mm. People always look at the today. For example, has property changed in and plateaued in capital cities like Melbourne and Sydney over the last 12 months? Yes, it has. Overall, if you look at those areas over the last 20 years, what's it done? It's gone up by what, a thousand percent or something like that. That's that's very much, you know, Uh, but it, it, it has gone up significantly. Um, So I think that the reality of property cycles is really, I believe there's only two. It increases, it corrects itself. It increases, it corrects itself. So there's a buyer's market, there's a seller's market. And that essentially is the two black and white rules of buying and selling. It's like the bull market and the bear market in, in, you know, in the, in the stock exchange, um, you've got the bull market, which is essentially, you know, sell, 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 mm. sell. And you've got the bear market, which is buy, 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 buy. Same thing happens in property. Mm. Do you find, Michelle, when you talk to clients that they start to talk to you about downturns and stuff like that? And yeah. do you find that they've usually read an article or seen, a, a, you know, something on a current affair about a developer going bust? Do you give us a bit of a... a uh, an insight on what you experienced in that first point of contact. Okay. It doesn't matter what period of time we're in. Oh, the right. same question always comes up. But is this a good time to buy? Wow. All the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if property is going gangbusters or if it's plateauing or if it's just in that sort of average 7% growth per annum period. Which is good, by the way. Yes, it is. That allows a property to double every 10 years. Exactly. We want that. We want that. But what they don't do is have a look at that long-term growth Mm. component, how that's going to affect them. Mm. A very wise person once said to me, you only lose out on property when you sell. Right. No one's going to lose out when they buy. What are you doing? You're acquiring an asset that's increasing in value. 
if it short term dips and it comes back up again, that's fine. You mm. weather it. Mm. You're still receiving a rental income. You're still receiving the other components of the benefits of property investing, which we'll take you through another time. <laughs> yes. Yep. But you've got an asset that's overall increasing in value over time. There is mm. never a bad time to buy. What we can then do is use the market to determine where to buy. Exactly. And how to best acquire that asset. And mm. that's why having that professional help and guidance is always going to help our clients. Okay. The fact of the matter is there's a lot of people claiming to be professionals in the property industry. Yeah. And that's another topic in our confessionals that you will hear about. But I, I, I want to sort of take our listeners and our viewers through something more, which is the fake propaganda that we see in the media. And I want us to touch on that a mm. little bit. What in your expert opinion, like I said, Michelle is very uh, front facing with clients initially before they come to me for the strategies. By the time the clients have come to me, it is all numbers. I live and breathe numbers. I show them numbers and numbers don't lie. But Michelle has to deal with that initial emotional roller coaster that a lot of our potential investors go through before they come through. Um, do you want to give us indication of articles and, and, and fear mongering that are just simply not true? Michelle? Absolutely. So I'd say the biggest objection is when family members and friends get involved and start providing their opinion because of exactly what you've said, an article that they've read or um, a comment that's been said through the news mm. or uh, simply being at work in the office and sitting around the coffee table yeah. and having a chat. Mm. There's so much incorrect data or fake Fake, fake information yeah. or, or they'll take a snippet of a circumstance and they'll look at it and assess it as if that's the full story and mm. the full picture. Mm. Unless you get your information across multiple different sources, analyse it and assess it from different angles, you're not going to get a true vision of what the situation actually is. And I guess a, prob a, prob a good example of this is COVID. I know yeah. for a fact um, with Chase, we... Going into COVID, a lot of people got scared mm. because the media was portraying that there's going to be a massive downturn in property. Don't buy now. You won't be able to get renters in. Um, you won't be able to, you know, all these legislations changed within the residential acts as well. Um, but the reality and the facts, so the media was absolutely smashing property investing. And a lot of clients were coming to me and, and to yourself, mm. of course, and saying, oh, I don't know what to do. This is what I've been reading. And I myself just came across hundreds and hundreds of articles. But this is the reality. Through 2020 and 2021, even though there was all this media hype about a downturn in the property market, overall, property in pockets, and one of the main pockets was southeast Queensland, which probably had the biggest boom, and areas in Victoria and areas of New South Wales as well, there was close to a 28% increase just over the first 12 months through COVID. Now, that's when the country, the world is in a pandemic. Okay, we're all locked away. Well, I know Victoria was. Poor Victoria. God bless her. Everyone was locked away. Okay, but property was still going up. Mm. So that itself, and statistics do prove that. If you read the, the statistics, the true statistics, they show an increase in property by 29% through 20, July 2020 through July 2021 overall. There are some capital cities that plateaued or went down, but they're the capital cities, they're, you know, the CBDs. They're circumstantial. Exactly. If you look at suburbia, it actually increased mm. in value significantly. And now the fact that 
our borders have opened through Australia and the international migration's increasing, well, where are these people going to live? Well, that is one of the driving forces behind those cyclical periods. If you have a look and you assess the population movement across Australia, not just within Australia, but into Australia, and then you actually apply some of your logic, where are we going to house these people? Exactly. How can property decrease in value over a long-term extended period of time? It is physically not possible. Exactly. And the fact that most of Australia, as big as she is, is actually uninhabitable. It's either desert, okay, or parts of it do flood. Yes. Okay, so you've got a very small portion of Australia that's inhabitable. And, guys, it's going. Yeah. And they're not making any more of it. Yeah. Spot on. I guess that concludes us today for Confessions of a Property Investor. Join us next time. We'll be touching on the benefits of purchasing a property through a self-managed super fund. See you at the next confession. See you later.